It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Let's face it, most people aren't making massive turkey feasts on the regular, and after 364 days of not thinking about it, it can be hard to get that bird just right. That's where Instacart, the holiday rescue app, comes in. From getting all the ingredients to prep a full seasonal spread to getting last-minute swamps in a turkey emergency, Instacart has everything a holiday host needs to save face and save dinner. And right now, if you download Instacart, you get free delivery on your first three orders and delivery in as fast as one hour. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Is the Custard TV Live. I am the editor of the website, thecustardtv.com, and I go by the name of Luke. I have for a couple of years now, and it's worked out all right. Um, I'm joined on the podcast, as always, by my loyal yet attractive servant, Mr. Uh, Gary. Hello, Gary. Hello. Good evening, listeners. And I don't know why uh, I'm quite also... doing it in that voice, but... Don't do everything in that voice. It's no, no, I, I try not to do everything spooky, as if I'm that. Stephen Fry. Yeah, it was a bit, wasn't it? I'll try that. Can I try that again? Yeah. Hello, Hello everybody. Hey, everybody. And we're joined by the never spooky, but always interesting, Matt. Hello. How are we doing this evening, folks? We're fine. How are you? So, other other podcasts are, you know, they might do their reviews of the year just gone, say, in December or early January. We're here on the Custard TV podcast. We're mavericks. We were going to do it in the middle of March, and then we decided to do it now. Um, so what we've got is we've got highlights from the year, and we're going to go through them and uh, just discuss what we liked and um, what we didn't like, what we saw, what we missed. Um, how much do you remember about the year? Let's go through it. We're going to start. Gary's been in charge of January. Okay. And, and, and what's interesting, just you know, as we talked about on last week's podcast, what was on in January last year compared to what's on January now is a big difference. So that's uh, that's a real big thing. Um, okay, starting... nice and things, they were still on in January, but we've picked out the highlights, really, haven't we? Yeah, we, we've kind of combed our way through the best stuff. Starting with, well, we're starting with the winner of the 2012 Best Drama Programme, according to the Custom TV website. Um, Sherlock Series 2 was on in January last year. Uh, I'm assuming we all watched it. We all watched yeah, it. I did, yeah. D- did we well, all love it? Did we enjoy it more than Series 1? I did, yeah, definitely. I thought it was, a well, not an improvement, but I, I, I think the characters were more developed this time around. The relationship between uh, Holmes and Watson, and that last episode I thought was just tremendous where he was on the roof. and The last episode was not only one of my favourite episodes or things of last year but possibly one of my favorite things i've seen on tv for 10 years or something Mm. i've never spent 90 minutes watching a show and be so enthralled by it and not wanting it don't want it to finish i just loved every second of it and um 
<laughs> and I just didn't want it to end. I think Series 3 has got a lot to live up to. And I keep... I own the DVD of Series 2, but I keep wanting to buy it again. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the strange thing, I think. I, I think from that very first episode where he was in Buckingham Palace naked or something was that the one that was the first one wasn't it? The first, uh, one, yeah. the first one, all the way no, through it. Was the it. last I one, wasn't it? Was no, it the last one? No, 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 no. That was the first one. The last it was one was the right start of the Falls. last one. Yeah, the no. start of series two. That's what I mean. That wasn't that the start of series two. Was him? Was was the femme fatale character? Was the lady? Wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. You are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you That's had the. the and then you had the classic uh, ba- Hound of the Baskervilles episode, and then the very classic Reichenbach Falls. I mean, we're really looking forward to this coming back, but I think, I think this kind of put Sherlock in a different, a different stratosphere last year, didn't it? It's in a different league to any other. T- and if you search thecustardtv.com, you will find that I uh, wrote a review uh, uh-huh. about the first episode of the first series and said I didn't get it. I didn't see the fascination. Oh man, really. And then I had to rewrite something for this series and say, no me, I'm a complete fool. Ignore everything I put in the first review because I love it. I want to have Sherlock with me all the time. It is just genius. I was even tempted at Christmas to buy Sherlock Cluedo just to get my fix. <laughs> just to do that. Yeah. And the thing is, we'll talk later in the year uh, a bit about the American remake Elementary, but I think, you know, it's it certainly kicked off a bit of an... And, and Benedict Cumberbatch has now kind of made it to kind of like... David Tennant-like level of, you know, stardom, hasn't it? You know, that kind of anything he's in gets amazing publicity just because he's in it. Yeah, I, I think as good of an actor as he is in Sherlock, it's just he's designed for that role. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't I didn't, wouldn't want Benedict Cumberbatch. It was very strange to seeing him in the parade, wasn't it? Or Parade's End, whatever it was called. Yeah. Mm, so I, I enjoyed it. see Benedict Cumberbatch in Good Cop or anything, you know. <laughs> he has Line to of be, Duty, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, moving on to another program that was heavily publicised by us uh, and, and, and on your website, Luke, uh, was Endeavour, the the Morse prequel, starring uh, Sean Evans, friend of the show. Um, and um, this was another one that I really, really liked. I think this was on something like January second, so it was very early last year. Yeah. Well, and, the thing uh, is about was... this, I didn't like Morse, and so no, I, was... I got a bit I fed watched... up with Morse at the end. It was a bit repetitive. I watched this because it was just something new. I wanted to see how they did it. And it was just... Can I use the phrase charming? Yeah, definitely. It was just really charming, really well done. I love the nostalgia of it. I think as I'm getting older, I'm I'm appreciating television nostalgia a bit more. And I like uh, the background of characters and things. And again... I think if you go back and you listen, if you've got a spare week and you listen to every podcast <laughs> we've ever done, Sean Evans is sort of brought out like a blooming, I don't I know. Sean like Evans a, and Sheridan Smith pretty much feature in every Sean podcast. Ev- yeah, she's so. there in everything. But he's just brilliant in this, and it was just so well done. I'm not a fan of Morse, not a fan of Lewis either. I've not watched any of this series. Endeavour, I am so looking forward to coming back. And as ITV rebranded uh, on Monday... Their new Trump to ITV to ITV, yeah. very clever rebrand. <laughs> they um, one, yeah, they dropped one literally. They dropped one. <laughs> oh, they should have so done that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We're ITV. We dropped one. That could have been uh, an Anton Deck line easily, couldn't it? But <clears throat> they have um, just released a trailer which includes Endeavour, so we know that's on its Brilliant. way in the not so distant future. And uh, if the pilot was anything to go by, 
I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Matt, Matt, what Matt, did you this, think of Endeavor? I was say, Matt, was this in your, uh, on your radar? I watched it, but to be fair, I can't really remember it. I know it had something to do with it. It had Sean Evan in. It had Sean Evan in. I remember liking. Uh, Narrow it down Lamp, for him. Wasn't he as the sort of? Yeah, he boss, was the. He was the, yeah. He was the. He was the new detective or the new bunch of detectives, and he was finding it hard to kind of stand out from the crowd. And he yeah. followed this one particular case. Uh, that everyone said there was nothing in, and his yeah, the, the sergeant was very heavily involved. I think I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you two seem to have done. So, so uh, and it's possible that me, as Sherlock has sort of thing. It's possible that I'm remembering it well because there was only one of it. I mean, that's mm. the one thing that I did think is that I really hope they don't do like a series of ten or twelve. That they just do three specials do a year three, or something. Yeah, that's three. perfect. That's fine for Endeavor, I think, because again, it is a rehashing of another story, you know. And the only thing I didn't like about it, and a lot of people said this at the time, right at the end, he sat in the the Morris in the you know the uh, was it the Jaguar or whatever is the car he has, the and he looked at the Jaguar and he looked in the rearview mirror and they flashed up a picture of John Thor. So I didn't you, mind you... that. I thought it was a no, nice. I just I thought it was unnecessary and a bit sentimentalist, but it made it feel as if it was a one-off rather than a pre... rather than something that they were going to do more of. To me. Well, also, also in January, it was put uh, back a lot. This this drama. But yeah. what's the next one on the list, Gary? <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Just suddenly remember that you're not hosting January there, did you, Luke? Calm uh, yourself. Calm yourself. This, I'm excited this, to Listeners talk. to the podcast will know that we often have to muzzle Luke. Uh, in it's the first time I've been to in a week. I'm just so excitable. <laughs> uh, the next was um, one that unfortunately I didn't get around to seeing. Public Enemies that was on BBC One. This was the one with Anna Friel, I believe. Is with, that right? With who? Anna Friel. Wasn't it? Wasn't she in the and, and, yeah. and Daniel Mays, who yes. uh, went on later in the year to become Ronnie Biggs. Did you not see it because it passed you by, or because it didn't interest you? I don't think. I think the subject matter interests me. I just think again, it was it was on very early, and I, you know, early in the year and there was just a lot well, going on. It was on. Um, yeah, but it, it 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 passed me by. But it was about social. It was about a social worker dealing with a, a convicted criminal coming out of prison. Yeah. It was, and the, Matt and I had both said that we enjoyed this. The... I'll, I'll say what I enjoyed was the themes of this guy coming back, and he was, you know, he was a murderer who'd allegedly reformed, and I liked that, and I liked the relationship between him and the social worker. But then, like, it turned into like a romance in the second half of the series, and I didn't like right. that, and I didn't like the reveal at the end, like the big, you know, this is what happened. So you I know, think, yeah, enjoy it. The ending, Good. but I enjoyed, really enjoyed the performances from, yep. especially Daniel Mays. I thought it was a good drama, but just the ending, I think, let it down a little bit. But well, the ending was a little bit rushed. It was, yeah, it was as well. Yeah, I won't give it away because some people won't have seen it, and those people will enjoy it. But the performances are great. The writing was really believable. Everything about it was mm. really believable. And any, anyone who knows. This podcast will know I like if I'm watching a drama, I like it to have a level of believability, and that certainly did. Um, but yeah, it's just the ending that it down slightly, but it was still a highlight of, of January. I, I think we can definitely say BBC One probably produced the, the more solid dramas in, in, in 2012, and Public Enemies was have the they, start have of they it. Put a load of money into drama, the BBC, over the last couple of years. But I think ITV did actually try this year, certainly uh, in, the, in the autumn. Yeah, 
But yeah. I think if you look down this list, that there wasn't really anything on ITV outside of Endeavour until a lot later in the year. I mean, I'm looking yeah. down the list. I, I'm looking yeah. at last weekend in, in, in August, uh, between now and January, it's, it's uh-huh. slim pickings. It's uh, going to be the same for, um, It's going to be the same this year, the way they're going yeah. as well. Yeah. Moving us on, because we've got quite a lot to go through, uh, there's two Sky One programmes, and again, I think you can definitely say that Sky One improved an awful lot this year, drama and comedy-wise. Comedy-wise, uh, it, it launched Stella, a, a Welsh uh, comedy show written and directed and starring Ruth Jones, her of uh, Gavin and Stacey. Season two has just started on um, on Sky One. Uh, I've not got into this. I did watch the premiere and thought, eh, not enough laughs for me. It was a kind of a very gentle comedy. Either of you two see any of this? Yeah, I, I mean, I like, I like it. I think it's quite a warm show, and I really like the uh, the Undertaker played by Elizabeth Barrington and. Her husband, I think they're the, probably the funniest characters. I think it's, if you if if you get into the characters, you have to maybe watch yeah. a couple. But it takes it's more I of mean, a character comedy, isn't it? Yeah, it's about, yeah. It's, it's more not. Much, I would say comedy com- drama rather than co- straight comedy. Yeah, it's certainly not a slapstick or anything like that, or a gag yeah. show. It, it's kind of as you say, it's about the characters. There's a lot a lot of those type of shows throughout the year, isn't there? There's been more of an interest yeah. in that kind of like. I'm going to use the word drama. charming again for Stella, though. I think oh, it's that's really fair warm. I think it is. It's really sweet. Ruth Jones is known for Gavin and Stacey, but she's a brilliant writer. She mm. writes very. Yeah. She writes think... decent characters. Sky and... One did a lot of their new dramas and comedies were based around like characters and very charming. You know, they were, weren't they? I mean, let's be honest. Five years ago, maybe even two years ago, would we be talking about a program that was on Sky One? Yeah. No. You know, they've 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 really improved sorry. their 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 own drama that they're or comedy that they're making. And they've been in They've already commissioned the second series is on as good. It, it wasn't a series. hit. It wasn't a hit, but it was it was good to see that it got a second series, a chance for those characters to expand. How many Not times you see a program? Not only series, but much like much like Stella, we're getting a third as well in yeah. February. It's quite good. Uh, We'll talk very briefly about Borgen. We're big fans of Borgen on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and again, the second series is on now on BBC4. But series one was a revelation, you know, a follow-up. Not a follow-up, but a continuation of this love affair with Danish drama uh, on BBC4, following on from The Killing, and, and we'll talk about The Bridge later in the year. Uh, it's a political drama. It's not for everybody, but I would say those that love it are sort of very dedicated to it. It has a big Twitter yeah. following on a Saturday night when it's on, I would say. It trends every week. We talked from about it a tell. bit last week, didn't we? Because the new yeah. series has just started, and I'd say I'm hooked again. I think it is one of the best dramas. I think, as you said, Denmark, can't, you know, Danish TV rarely puts a step wrong at the moment, or certainly the ones yeah. we get over here. So, do you it's think interesting you two even... have become more interested in TV over the last couple of years? Yeah. Well, yeah, over the last well, you know three or four years since I've been writing about it, I think yeah, definitely. And I, and I would say that that certainly I had an interest in American television, and my interest has changed a little bit over the last few years. Is that so, because you're doing this, or because the quality of British television has, has gone I, up? I, I think both. I think a, I've been my eyes have been opened to a little bit more through either this podcast or other projects that I was doing at the time. And B, I think, yeah, I think British television has stepped up. I think Americans five years ago, you know, House 24, you know, uh, Grey's Anatomy was, was just kicking everything Britain had. 
the fact up. that we have a list that is this long that yeah. lasts yeah. from January to December that we had to sort of whittle down is surely a sign that TV yeah. is really strong at the moment and, and hopefully will continue. Two more uh, minor shows that we, we'll just mention very briefly. Uh, a, a, an American legal program called Suits. It's resided, described as a, a buddy legal drama, but don't let that put you off. Again, the second series is coming back in about uh, late January, early February on Dave. It might and even again, get on in a week. Or it might, like yeah, that. indeed. And actually, I would I'll say... Dave, Dave is one of the again one of the channels to watch. It's it's certainly been putting a lot of money. You know, it's not only just about buying in American shows. It's remade Red Dwarf. It's remaking that that suite of channels is even remaking Yes Prime Minister, mm. um, and they're making some of their own stuff. So I think I think that network and and the third Two series of Whitechapel. Thank you. I'll just say that. And a quick mention for the third series of Whitechapel, starring Rupert Penry Jones. Um, loved it. Loved it. Uh, I haven't watched any of Whitechapel, but I do have all three series on DVD, and it is one I'm planning to watch. And everything you know I've heard said this is something I'll like. You'll love it. And the thing is about Whitechapel is it's mad. It knows it's mad. It's mad, but completely addictive. I don't quite know yeah. anything else like it. Other shows you might brush off and go, that's just ridiculous. But there's something about Whitechapel. I don't know whether it's Phil Davis and Rupert Penry Jones together. But it's ju- it just really is really well done. The first episode of Series 3, which I love so much and remember so vividly, uh, was Rupert Penry Jones and Sean Evans together, and they would come together a further t- a further two more times on screen. Yeah, the- again, another another partnership that certainly, uh, certainly carried on throughout the year. Uh, very briefly, uh, we'll talk about Call the Midwife, the, the phenomenon that was Call the Midwife that culminated mm. in a Christmas special over the recent uh, festive period. BBC's biggest uh, drama hit in years, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I cer- certainly the BBC's yeah. answer, answer to Downton Abbey, really. It yeah. was it was a counterpunch to Downton Abbey's dominance. Mm. It uh, does... I don't, I don't think they thought it would be as big as it was as well, because it it didn't get a lot of publicity when it first started. And, you know, they put it on about 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah. And it just sort of went massive. I think I think it started when Sherlock was still on. I think it sort of... So there may yes, have been the lead-in sort of for that. I think. Yeah, I think it was around but that time. I think time. maybe it's for people who didn't want to watch Dancing on Ice. Uh, and it just it, spiralled and it, like, almost like a word-of-mouth hit. Because, like, the lead, the lead characters as well, the lead actors, aren't that known. I know Miranda came into it. But the 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 main oh. actress, I don't Jenny Agatha. Do you mind? Not Jenny Agatha. No. Oh, the, okay. the the girl, the main girl. Oh, okay. I mean Jenny Agatha. All the sort of Jenny Agatha, Pam Ferris. All those actresses are sort of supporting. It's the. They're almost doing the Dame Maggie Smith part. Aren't yeah, they? That kind yeah, of like are, spot yeah. role that people realise, I suppose. I suppose the thing is, is that you know, uh, Jenny Agatha featured more prominently in the recent Christmas special, but as you say, she probably wasn't in the series that much. Is it? Fair it to always say amazes that... me what are hits because I wouldn't yeah. have thought that would be a massive hit. Just like I wouldn't think Mrs. Brown's Boys would be such a massive hit. So, as you know, we've been watching TV for all these years and talking about it and critiquing it and saying what's good and what's bad, and yet sometimes something like Call the Midwife comes out that you think, well. That'll find an audience, but it won't go huge. Yeah. And it, it's actually uh, recently because it's coming back on Sunday for series two. It was on the news that it has helped boost the interest in young midwives. Being, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just mad that a show set in 1956 
uh, has found this huge... They're, they're, one born every minute helps with that as well, surely. Yeah. I think See, there, was defi- there were definitely that. trends in 2012, and one of them mm. is the period... Whether it's period drama or whether it's, you know, setting things in the 50s, that was certainly, and Call the Midwife and and Endeavour really as well, certainly set the mark for the rest of the year. There's a number of dramas. And also also Birdsong, which is the last one in January, which was set during the First World War. Um, I believe uh, Joseph Moore was in this and Eddie Redmayne. It was the adaptation of a book that I really enjoyed, but I don't think the BBC handled it very well. The... World War One scenes were fairly spectacular, but I was a little underwhelmed, so... Yeah. If Matt's underwhelmed, I, I didn't see no that, point so. even talking about it. No let's let's move on to February. January, we can agree, was a bit of a bumper month. So let's move on to mm-hmm. February, and I'm handing you over. I'm handing the physical baton over to Matt. Oh, OK. February now, and two big dramas for BBC One, uh, starting with Inside Men, which was a sort of thriller set around a uh, heist... And it had a, ri- a cracking cast, Stephen McIntosh. Cracking. Cracking, yeah. uh, I tell you. Yeah, Go safe cracking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, and Ashley Walters and uh, Warren Brown, who would be, you know, features quite a lot during the year. Yeah. And Warren I just, Brown was brilliant I, in this. And it, it sort of took you from the, the robbery it started with and it sort of completely took you in. And then you went back in time to see... You know how the robbery was planned, who was involved, and each time you got a little bit of the story. And I how thought that was fantastic. How do you feel about shows that flush back and forward like that? Because it's always a bit of a, a pet hate of mine. I know it works really? in some cases. And yeah, I, I thought it really worked with Inside fun. Men because you got the change in, you saw the change of the characters and your yeah. perception of them in the present changed in the past. But I agree with you to some extent. There are some that you know, like quite annoying. It has to be done that. right. In other words, it has to be part mm. of the plot. You can't just go, oh, let's have yeah. a flashback here. But I think I think Matt is absolutely right. With regards to character progression, I think it helped show where, how they ended up getting to doing what they did. I loved it. Cl- good cast, cracking cast, as Matt says. But again, yeah. much in the realm of Public Enemies, the ending let it down for me. Yeah, a little a bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But, but I, yeah, I think that was the right watching, ending. I also were, learnt watching Inside Men that uh, Julie Walters is not mum to Ashley Walters, which I thought for a long really? time. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, you learn something new every day. I know. Yeah. I thought she was bound to give birth to at least one of the So Solid crew, but it yeah. didn't seem to have happened. <laughs> I think yeah, her I... So Solid Vampire was hers, I think. Also, just a quick mention, I don't know how many of you spotted this on Inside Men, it was a good year for actress Nicola Walker, who went on latest oh, yeah. in Last Tango in Halifax, and her mother's son, she was in a ton of stuff, um, yeah. and Inside Men, she was brilliant in, I love the, there's a lot of tense moments in Inside Men as well, wasn't there, which uh, well, really well, well done. I think all those characters, you know, they got themselves, uh, you know, you got the the feel of the characters, especially yeah. the Stephen McIntosh character, who's sort of he like was, this everyman. Yeah. He was so good, I thought, you know, this everyman who was put <laughs> upon for so long and he's finally sort of decided to get one back against the people who'd been sort of putting him down. And also and Warren I, Brown was in it. Well, I, I was just going to say, Warren Brown was brilliant. This Before this, Warren Brown was known to me as, you know, the sort of the sidekick in Luther. And he, in during mm. the 2012, he totally took on different roles. Inside Men yeah. and later in the year, Good Cop, totally different to his role in Luther. And he was brilliant in both. Also, BBC One on February, different drama to Inside Men, sort of more of a... 
a female orientated drama, Prisoner's Wives, uh, which starred, among others, I think Jonas Armstrong. Yes, uh, uh, Holly Oak star Emma, Emma, Rigby. Emma Rigby. Yeah. Uh, Pippa Haywood, Mrs. Brissett. She is brilliant. She was, oh. I mean, I didn't see every one of these, but. Tis the season for chicken fingers at Raisin Cane's. Warm up with hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, crispy, crinkle-cut fries, garlicky, buttered Texas toast, and the real source of holiday magic, cane sauce. And while you're treating yourself, don't forget to treat everyone on your list to Cane's gift cards and New York City-inspired plush puppies that benefit pet organizations. Happy holidays from Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What From what I saw, I thought she was very good. She was brilliant. I actually met her in November uh, on oh. set of Series 2 of Prisoners. Oh, I'm sorry, and you accused me of name dropping sorry. last week. Well, no, well, I'm going to do it. I need a twang sound I actually met whenever Luke her. drops a name. I met Pippa and the rest of the girls of Prisoners Wives. The thing is, the, the actors themselves said the problem with Prisoners Wives are the reason it didn't get the attention it was deserving of. The name put a lot of people off. They were pictures yeah. of Prisoners Wives and all that sort yeah. of thing. It is so much better than that. I just bought the DVD from the soon-to-be-disappearing HMV. Oh, yeah. I just, I just, I loved it. Again, there was, it was so, it was gritty at times. It was sweet and charming at times. It was believable. It was good to see a female-led character-driven mm. piece that wasn't talking about sex and all the rest of it all the time. It was just really well done. And I'm looking forward to series two. I mean, I think we've got a lot of strong female-based dramas throughout, or comedies mm. and dramas throughout the year, like you're yeah. talking about Stella, and yeah. there are some more coming on later on. I think that was another trend, maybe you could say, that uh, came throughout 2012. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh, also, a couple of American series. First one that I only watched the first episode of. I don't know if either of you saw much of Grimm. Maybe, Gary, did you yeah, watch I a lot watched, of Yeah, I watched a bit more of that. If you're a fan of Angel uh, or Buffy, this is this right up your alley it's kind of like a csi for kind of like fairy tales and, and horror stories it, it, it's brilliant and uh yeah second series about halfway through on watch at the moment uh mm. running concurrently with what is on what's the, the schedule in america and i really like it and i've got the whole of series one on dvd to watch i've watched about 13 14 of them oh, no, i have. will i will i've got i've watched about 13 14 so it's definitely something on my and radar. matt how come you only got one episode i didn't think much of it it just didn't do much for me um I, I thought I, know was, what you I didn't mean. like the sort of crossover with the fairy tales. I don't think that worked as much. And it sort I didn't like the gimmick of it. I think that was it. I think it was a normal police thing and it did this gimmick and I didn't think it worked. That was my The first episode is not great. But I think once you watch the second, third, and fourth, I mean, the one thing that I, I, a friend of mine who watched this said is he knew where the whole series was, go was going after watching two episodes, but mm. not in a bad way. In a way like, I want to watch it, I'm just comfortable. It was comfortable television. Okay. It wasn't going to totally shock and surprise you, but it was going to be good quality stuff. Also, and this was a big one, and I mean, uh, Homeland, yeah. which became like almost the phenomenon of the year, I think, in terms of American TV, at least. It, it got big 
certainly on this side of the Atlantic, because Channel 4, I mean, generally, like the main channels, they don't do well with, uh, you know, US imports. It's usually on yeah. Sky that you get a lot of them and like FX and and places like that. But yeah. Homeland just took off and there did was some really good. Statistic about it was the first US drama in prime time on Channel Four for some oh, ridiculous yeah. amount of years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean since, since, uh, they, since Desperate I remember Housewives. they put like the event on on I remember that, but they often just sort later. of drift, don't they? No, the event originally was on like nine o'clock on the front yeah, they moved it off because it, it yeah, went for the normal the, the difference with Homeland is it's not on a major American network it's on Showtime in America which is equivalent to HBO and a bit like maybe BBC4 or or, or ITV2 mm. well, no, it's not country. really because you have to pay no, well, Showtime yeah okay so I suppose it's, it's more, like, more like an end, but, but the channels Sky over Atlantic, here like that yeah maybe but Sky Atlantic don't do an awful lot of original programming they buy yeah. us from America so the, and the main thing is is it's only 13 episodes there's no break so therefore Channel 4 can show it in one consistent long run and, and I just think it's a quality series I mean it won numerous Golden Globes recently which sort of backs up how good it is it has the seal of approval from the president what more can you ask for he apparently watches it every week. Yeah, but I'd rather he was running Mrs. the world. Burns, but... boy, so I'm really... Uh, fair enough, yeah. He was also a big fan of um, Citizen Khan, so yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know where he stands. I really don't. <laughs> and Geordie Shaw. Um... <laughs> the ballad. But yeah, just generally, I mean, it was a cracky... A cracking, I'm using that or not tonight. Um, it was... You know, the first episode, rather than like a lot we've talked about recently, where you said the first episode didn't really do a lot, and but it went on, the second episode sort of drew you in. Homeland drew you in straight away. You had so yeah. many things to work on her, her sort of mental health issues. You know, was he a terrorist or was it in her mind? I think it set it up perfectly throughout the 13 episodes. Okay. Yeah. I just want to say quickly, and I know we talked about this before, was Series 2 bad because Series 1 had been so good, or was Series 2 bad because the writing wasn't as strong? Uh, I, I, I'll tell you why. It wasn't, there wasn't enough long enough gap. Series 1 was on in February. Series 2 started, I think, in like October or November. They should have left it a bit longer. That's only in the UK, though, isn't it? In yeah, but I think it's only, in the, it's only the UK where, was the, where there was the backlash about, oh, it's not as good as Series 1. I don't think the ratings in America ever dropped off, mm. from, my, from what I read. And quickly on February, I'll just mention this. I don't know. I don't think either of you saw this. Did you? Crickle with no. great Peter Capaldi. How can you just assume something like have that? Have you Have you seen it? Like? I already no. made it up. No, I never saw it. Which was sort was of a, a a faux documentary about a uh, British uh, film studio, Cricklewood, which I suppose was a bit like Ealing Studio, and it had Peter Capaldi sort of playing a version of himself narrated this documentary and it had like you know uh, parodies of the carry-on films and hammer horror and i just really enjoyed it i thought it was a bit a bit of a different comedy um and i think it was nominated for a bafta as well it, so. it was yeah and i'm i think the reason i didn't see it is because i stupidly misunderstood what it was right. um just so, going the... briefly into march there's so much oh. in march that we might have to split it up um, let's just do the American things. Get that's all out of the way. All They're going to the be way. very quick. I can I can get them uh, out of the way. Alcatraz. Uh, big hype. J J Abrams. It was about uh, prisoners time traveling into the future from an Alcatraz. Oh, it looked, my it looked great in preview, sort of but but it wasn't. And yeah, it was cancelled. Maybe they could have done prisoners' wives as well, transporting. Well, yeah, indeed. Uh, well, touch. Yeah, so. 
Uh, Keith Sutherland, written by the same guy that wrote Heroes, Tim Kring. A second series is coming up in the new year, both here in America and over here. Uh, it's about an autistic kid who can connect numbers into predicting the future. Uh, Better than oh, it sounds, haven't really progressed past episode two. Is it possible to just slap a country? You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and Dexter as well. I'm a big fan of Dexter. I don't know whether either of you guys are. Serial killer murder. Serial killer who works for the police as a blood spatter expert. It's, it's a genius idea. Made. It's a genius Michael C. Hall is amazing in this, and the cast, again, is great. Series 6 had Edward uh, James Alamos, who played, uh, Bolt, who played Captain... Something in Battlestar Galactica. I've forgotten his name in Battlestar You're doing Galactica. Well with the I know I was, wasn't I? Uh, and he was brilliant in this. Um, the seventh series is going to be on sometime around June, July. If you haven't seen Dexter and you like dark comedies, and it is a comedy at times, you'll love it. Go back and get uh, the sixth series. March was actually a bigger year than I remember. I'm just going to. Um, there's a I think there's three well. things that we can talk about in March. Scott and Bailey series two. I just. Love Scott and Bailey so much. Around Jones and Leslie Sharp. Again, I said about Prisoner's Wives being female-led. This is another one that's great yeah. female-led. And I would say Amelia Bullmore as well, who she... plays their boss. Oh, I she love... came into her own in this series. And that I was an episode... everyone's boss on yeah. every programme. With her, it was just her and Saran Jones in one episode that Leslie Sharp didn't appear in. in series yeah, I reckon if you remember that. In the gap. Mm. I don't in it. Sorry? Yeah. I... I just think it's really well written. It's really funny as well, which a lot yeah. of dramas you can't say that about. And it's about them as much as it is about their work. And another thing I would say is it's very rare that you get a drama with two women of sort of separate ages who are friends. Usually they're around the same age. And it happens, you know, it's it's what happens in real life, but you rarely see it on TV. If you, and Leslie you know, and Saran Jones are just mm. fantastic actresses. Yeah. And it's just, if you haven't seen it, then you've done a disservice to your own role. <laughs> um, series oh, three is, is due very soon. If I had to just gross through March, you know what we thought about The Voice. If you listen on podcasts, you'll know that we, just like everyone else in the country, big fans to start with, fed up with it at the end, just got really, really um, annoyed by the voice. Can they do anything to save it in Series 2? Well, they're doing more yes. spinny chair round, aren't they? But then I don't know how they can manage... Yeah, unless they, they, they do, like, loads of battle rounds and get rid well, of them. Well, he, here's up. what I've heard. Here's what I've heard. Number one... Um, I think the thing that they're doing is quite right. You you lengthen out the battle rounds and the um and the other one and and the first round the, the, the chairs spinny one. chair blind audition. and the other thing they're bringing in is apparently uh, mentors or whatever they're called coaches can steal acts from other people, and that Ooh. is genius. And I like I like that idea. All they need to do is just shorten the live shows. Only have five or six people make it through to live shows really. Mm. Also, what they need go for the is... and then they said they said it was all not going to be about sob stories, and then it was. The crucial mistake oh, they he's, made he's is Amy that... Winehouse's best mate. Oh, she's been yeah. left by her husband. Oh, she had a kid when she was seven. She's bald. She's bald. <laughs> you know, he's only got she was one leg. Got... What's going yeah. on? She was her house was bombed in the war. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> the crucial mistake they made, and I I appreciate that all. Reality shows like this have to have some stories, but the the crucial mistake they made is they didn't let the audience feel connected to anyone. Yeah. No, I agree. There was just too many people in the live rounds. Yeah. There were like twenty 
they started with 20, didn't they, or something? And, and I think for them, for, them, for them, the worst thing happened. The best two acts didn't win. There was a girl called yeah. Ruth, wasn't there, and there was a bloke whose name I yeah. forget, and they were clearly better. Jazz. The girl that, yeah. Jazz. The, the lady that won it was fine. She was an okay singer, but she was not the star of the show. You um, say that, but wise. look at the impact she's had on the charts. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I love personally, she's responsible for the, saving HMV, isn't she? Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the Edinburgh TV Festival, didn't, didn't the uh, head of entertainment not remember her name or something like that? Yeah, head of BBC yeah that's quite right. Understandable. And another show... I can't now. Leanne. I don't Leanne, know why well done. Five points loose. show sort of... They wanted to do better than it did. It really did... I'm not going to do all the puns again, because we're better than it. Titanic. They wanted it to do well... Oh. It was just <gasps> the puns. Sorry, were fun, the, fun, the, the, fun, the puns were better than the actual show. Let's face it. I mean, it was it Julian Fellows, the guy that wrote Downton, that actually wrote, actually mm. appallingly yeah. tried to write this. Um, and there were about goodness knows, I think about ten Titanic-themed shows around this time. Yeah. And then there was this, mm. you know, as as you like drama series. So. It was just so poor. I that mean, I could only manage half an hour. That was a case where the flashback didn't work, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. But it wasn't it the most expensive dra- you know, UK drama yeah. ever made or something like that. Yeah. They put so much money into this, but they 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 did that unusual thing. Normally, with TV shows, they promote it, you know, relatively well, mm. and then they and then they put it on and they leave it to the audience to decide yes or no. This, they had told everyone, was going to be the best thing their eyes would ever yeah. see on television. Yeah. They had told people that this is ITV's Jewel in the Crown. They had told people that if you love Downton, but you want more excitement... Downton on the boat. Yeah. If you want yeah. Downton and you want it at sea, this is for you. And what the audience said was actually... It's it's just terrible. You've written it wrong. We don't care. We know how the ending is, so we don't mm. care that you're going to. I don't quite understand spoiler. why he had to sink the ship every every episode. Um, the drama and the excitement. Yeah, there. but there were some characters who barely got a look in as well. I'm thinking of like the the couple played by Celia Emery and Peter White, who and the things? and the actress. Mm. There was the the American actress who was on. She really didn't get a storyline. There was a lot of characters in there who really didn't matter and shouldn't have been there. I mean, if you were to if you were to say to people before they'd seen it, yeah, it's written by the same writer at Downton. There are all these great actors in it. There was, as you said, Celia Imry. There were some great people in it. Toby I Jones think, was in it. Absolutely. And I think the thing is, is that ITV really dropped the ball. Somebody wasn't paying attention to the plot and the script. They were going for the look of it and the and the name of it. Nobody dealt with anything script-wise. It had an appalling dialogue. An, ama- an amazing, just, I don't know, they had all that time to tweak it if that could have done anything. Yeah. And it just. Now, talking about reality shows like The Voice, something I actually really, really, really came to love again and found my love affair with again the, uh, in last year, in March of last year, as it happens, Britain's Got Talent. A good yeah. year for them. A definitely a good year. The, the introduction of David Walliams yeah. was, was a it was a brilliant idea and worked brilliantly. His interactions with Simon Cowell. I thought it started off very I don't know very slowly. The first new episode I really didn't get into. I thought I didn't like the humour from Walliams. Alicia Dixon didn't do anything for me. But then over time, when they started having the more the the more fun acts. When obviously the eventual winners Ashley and Pudsey came on, Don't and it. 
Oh, sorry, people oh, who spoiler. didn't watch the Britain's Got yeah. Talent final. Um, <laughs> anyone who's time travelling and listening to I, this, I'm sure that uh, I think people from it, Alcatraz that have got to see. I'm pretty yeah. sure it got like 20 <laughs> million Christmas viewers wide. or something like that, didn't it? The yeah. Britain's Got Talent final. It was. It I was think it was crazy. the most viewed TV thing outside of the Jubilee and the Olympics or Let something me just like say that. About Britain's Got Talent, the reason I loved it so much, of course, Ant and Jack were fantastic. That for me yeah. at least goes without saying. They're always brilliant, but but compared to the Voice, it took its so much less seriously. It, it, yeah, knew it you was such no entertainment. It was fun. It was, it was just a good laugh and a, and a, a nice look at modern Britain. It did something well. Something that carried into, into something mm. that carried into the audition stage of the X Factor. That kind of behind the scenes kind yeah. of gentle. I was just going to you know, say that hidden oh. camera style of you know just yeah. the actors talking like to each other. I didn't like that. Why was... did you like that? I don't know. I quite I liked just, it I in did... this. Oh, like the people talking. It just didn't work for me. I have to say, like the people talking to each other. You know, get seeing them getting prepared. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of that. So, um, you don't like to see people getting dressed. No, no, not really. <laughs> I like you two, two obviously. I, I I have two questions that I need to ask you. Uh, where are my keys and where are my phone? They're being the was last that, day. Was that not look. the best bit of Britain's Got Talent in my yeah. opinion? Didn't he do better than Leanne at the charts? He did. Yeah, I think so. Mind you, so did the one pound fish man. So we, oh, yeah, we still yeah, yeah. don't know how that went. Um, so I think we we talked heavily about the voice and um, Britain's Got yeah. Talent on our initial podcast. But in my memory, Britain's Got Talent still really, really worth. I'm yeah. actually looking forward to the next series for that one, and I'm not on some of the others that we're going to talk about any minute now. Now, are we going to actually, while we're on this subject, are we even going to watch? Are we going to watch The Voice? Are we going to give it the benefit of our communal yeah, doubt? I will. I because if will. they've changed it, if they've spent the time in research and said, right, we've listened to what did and what didn't work, if they've learnt from it, I'll watch it. If they come back with but the imagine... same format and it's too much, will I am? I will give up. But remember I think... how annoyed we got by Jesse J and Holly. Oh. I mean, Holly Willoughby did her best, but. The, the way she questioned them was so irritating. She put words in their mouth before they'd even said anything. Tom Jones was just there because he's Tom Jones, and Danny O'Donoghue was just happy to have a night out. Yeah, I think they freshened up the judging panel a little bit then. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I got, don't like the judging they, panel. I think it was the. They should have got rid of maybe Danny O'Donoghue because he didn't yeah. really do much for me. Yeah, Danny O'Donoghue should be replaced by, you know, anyone. Well, Keith Harris and Orville would do it me. It was it's meant to be me. Will Young, I think, and Danny O'Donoghue for some reason yeah, that's got right. in at the last minute. I'd like to. Will, say, Will I think Young Will Young would be surprisingly honest. Yeah, and maybe that's why they didn't want him on there. Maybe he was a bit too honest. I don't know. But yeah, uh, but, the, the, I will watch series two of The Voice. Will they stray away? Do you think from the you know? Let's not be too honest. Let's be fun and and mm. constructive. Do you think they've learned anything? Because take for example those the the two the husband and wife team. Yeah. The, um, country oh, yeah. singers. Like the they were terrible from day one, and everyone who watched it said how terrible they were. But for some reason, the coaches on The Voice couldn't bring themselves to say yeah. it. Yeah. But, but you need they, to. They own up to their own mistakes. I think that was part of the problem. Mm. Yeah. And I think, as we said, it went on too long and, you know, people got voice fatigue, as it were. Their voices yeah. got tired. 
I'd forgotten that The Apprentice was on in March. I have to be yeah. honest. It's well, it started the... in March. I think it started around the same time as The Voice did. So maybe and the Britain's Got Talent. So maybe it was lost in the shuffle. Would this be the one with Susan and all that sort of thing? No, no, no. no, 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 no it's Ricky Ricky Martin. Martin. recent series. You must with, uh, with Ricky Martin and um, and Adam. Yeah. Oh my he was, god, he was that's the I don't yeah. remember anyone from it. That's well, because about week seven, I gave up on The Apprentice. Oh, they really? really need to change this format. They need mm. to do something with it. You need more characters, I suppose. I think maybe yeah. the new thing with this, you know, finding a business partner is getting yeah. a different type of... I mean, apart from the, the, the one who I really like was Adam, the sort of market trader who would just, you know, didn't have the sort of same business yeah. savvy as everyone else and just spoke his mind and you need people like that on the apprentice i remember but... thinking that he got rid of you know a potentially fiery character yeah oh biliana yeah in the first in the first episode and she would have been someone that you'd watch because you'd love to see you'd love to hate her you'd love to see her reaction to things and you need people like that on the apprentice. as opposed to that blonde one who stayed around for about five weeks before you, she got you need, fired you need people that people hate you need you do need mm. a villain you i think do, i think you, you know anybody watching big brother at the moment will we'll take we'll say that you said big brother you hate spidey but you love them being on there because they're a constant yeah. villain and the show needs Annoying, it. Yeah. reality shows need heroes and villains do you think this time next year we'll still be talking about reality shows because i'm really tiring of them Yes, but yes. I think we'll be talking about different types of reality well, shows. I think, I think, I think, I think things like Splash, where they seem to have learnt their lesson mm. from bad weeks ones into week two. I think you'll see reality shows get smarter. I think they'll they'll re they'll re react to what the public say. Well, just to but, say yeah. that, just to say that, just to clarify before you say anything, Matt, I don't just love comedy and drama. I know it's what I harp on about. I do love a brilliantly made reality show. There just yeah. hasn't been one yet. I think we're on sort of the. And uh, I mean, I think this will be the last series of the X Factor definitely this year. Yeah. I think we're in sort of the the latter stages of this sort of you know the big reality thing that started maybe in the year two thousand with Big Brother yeah. and like with the pop stars, pop idol. I think it's waning now. I think people know what to expect and things like that. So um, I, I don't know. I think Britain's Got Talent because that did so well and Strictly. But I think some will start to be phased out. That's that would be my. Well, we thought we'd get to June. We hadn't even got to April. This is the first lot of the review of 2012. I've been Luke. He's been... Gary. Oh, sorry, that was my cue to speak. <laughs> yeah, it was. Sorry, fun. I was busy but doing... Who were you going for there? I was, Hi. Just, I I was interested to see which one of you would answer. Yeah. We're both uh, super like. Yes, you're both brilliant people. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach Matt here. At Matt's TV Bites, Matt with two T's. You're going to keep that, are you? The two T business? I am going to keep the two T's. Fair enough, I love it. It's like my gimmick. It is, that's the only interesting thing about you. And if you want to reach Gary, you can. Uh, you can reach me at The Gary Show. That's at The Gary Show. No no spaces or extra T's. You can reach him by caravan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise we were singing, come on. We're and doing you can reach Luke at... Uh, Luke Custard TV as well, and and uh, thank you again. I do love Twitter so much, and and um, been great supporters of the site as well. So if you want to visit the website to catch up on all the podcasts and all the reviews we've done between now and uh, last March, you can get to thecustardtv.com. We will endeavour to get um, through April, May, maybe into September if we can uh, on the next 2012. A look at 2012. 
been a, it was a good year. I'm just looking through this list. Next time we'll be talking about um, Ricky Gervais's new project, Derek. Two brand new Louis Theroux documentaries. Uh, Gary will be harping on about Game of Thrones, and definitely we, we get to um, talk about Silk and Awake again, which I'm quite interested. And in. Line of Duty. Is that a voice in the background I hear? Fine. I, I like your voice. You can keep it. Thank you. <laughs> you know, your voice, <laughs> needs, good, your keep voice needs two T's. That's all it needs <laughs> to make it more exciting. I do like a T. Um, yeah. And um, by the way, uh, during the podcast today, I've been drinking. Robinson's fruit shoot because hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.